0: Hey, Praise Chapel Paramount. Welcome to our podcast. Omar here. Hey, this message you're about to listen to is from our midweek service with evangelist David D. Hernandez, a timely message on abiding in the vine. Hope you enjoy this worship by our worship team here at praise chapel paramount and i know many of you can't wait to get back here and experience that in person i feel like i'm cheating just a little bit i have them right here so our own private worship session here as we go live to you but anyway i do want to remind you if you're watching my facebook be sure to click at the lower left hand of the side of the screen you're going to see an arrow Right next to the word share, go ahead and click that and you can actually share that to your wall. You can share it with your friends. You can text it. You can even start what's called a watch party where you're sharing it on your wall and those of, those, those of the people who are on your Facebook feed with you can come in, watch the video. You all can enjoy it together. If you're watching this on YouTube uh, what you're gonna do is you're gonna lightly touch the video as if you were gonna go to play or pause it. And then right around this area, you're going to see an arrow appear. You can click that arrow, copy the link, and then text it to like two or three people. You know, I think it's easier to invite people to church when we're doing a live stream than traditional church services that we would have here. So take advantage of this opportunity, tell your loved ones about what's happening here at Praise Chapel Paramount, click that arrow or at the bottom left-hand side of the screen, click it on Facebook. But do whatever you can to share it. Spread the word. You can do that right this second. I'll give you just a couple moments by continuing to talking about sharing while you share. Again, if you're watching it on YouTube, lightly touch the video, you're gonna see an arrow appear right around here, and it should be pointing over to your right. You click that arrow. You can copy that link and then text it to two or three people. And then on Facebook, you're gonna be looking right down there, left-hand side of your screen. That's gonna be the share button. You're gonna click it. You can share it to your wall. Here's a little tip. If you're sharing it to your wall, you can write the phrase, you have to watch this and emphasize this, all caps with an exclamation point. That's what we call clickbait. It'll actually get your friends to click on it. So invite people to church that way. Go ahead and share it. And we're going to get into the word now. I do want to encourage you, as Pastor Mar was mentioning, many of you have been faithful in your giving, and we're so grateful for that. You know, people are asking, what's going to happen about the economy? What's going to happen in the future? I'm telling you right now, this is a storm that will pass. Don't believe the conspiracy theorists. Be careful of what you're watching with all of the naysayers. People exaggerate. And remember, the media and social media tend to make things look worse than they actually are in real life. So, Don't worry about the future. Don't worry about anything that's happening. Just stick to the protocols, and we're telling you, God is going to be with you. So again, if you're giving, you're going to text 562-206-1519, or you can go to pcparamont.org slash donate. You can also mail it or drop off during um, church's regular office hours. You can call the church uh, to get connected and know that information. Okay, I want to talk to you about something that is so key right now. It's called Abiding in the Vine. Abiding in the Vine. Now, this is a very key truth, I think, for today, especially. Because while the world is losing its mind, while people are running around fearful, while even some of the church is panicking. I think today or yesterday there was this rumor that Facebook was shutting down all church live streams when it was actually just a technical glitch that they announced hours before it happened. And people just kind of freaked out. And I think everybody's kind of on edge right now. And I would just recommend to you take a deep breath and remember that no matter what happens out here, We are secure because we belong to the Lord. So long as we're living right, so long as we're obeying his word, so long as we're serving him faithfully, I'm telling you, you're walking in the will of God. And so long as you're walking in the will of God, nothing can touch you that's in or outside the will of God. You are safe in his hand. God loves you. He's focused on you. He's looking at you right now. He's listening to you right now, and he's not going to let you go. So there's no reason to fear. But I think to help us stay reminded of this, we have to come back to the place where we're getting in the word. It's almost as if God is able to use this negative circumstance to pull you away from that which was distracting you, to pull you away from all of those things that are vying for your attention. Think about the fact that the sporting industry has basically shut down. Theaters are empty. Amusement parks are empty. Entertainment is becoming... I would say uh, people are getting tired of the things that they're watching. I mean, how many Netflix videos can you really watch? How many YouTube videos can you really watch? And what's beginning to happen is that people are no longer being distracted. And I think God can use this circumstance to pull you back into the place where he can get to know you. You can get to know him back to that secret place where there's fellowship back to that secret place where you're abiding in him. Some of you can recall back when you first got saved, those early years when you would bury yourself in the word of God, when you would lock yourself away for hours at a time in prayer, where you would read as many books as you could get your hand on, where you could get into church as often as the doors were open. And God wants to take us back to that place, not to go backwards, but to move forward. God wants to position our heart again in that way. So, I want to read a verse to you, and this is coming from John chapter 15, verse 5. John chapter 15, verse 5. Jesus says this Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, this is very important that we learn to abide in the vine. The scripture talks about the fact that in the last days, there will be many who fall away from the faith. You know, we look around this world and I think about different things that have happened. Take, for example, this worship leader who we all knew, many of us knew, I should say, I can't say we all knew him, a worship leader, very famous Christian worship leader, um, wrote many of the songs that we still sing today, who suddenly gets up one day and says, you know what? I don't believe this anymore. I don't believe God anymore. I don't believe in the Christian faith anymore. I believe it's so much more complicated than than what we actually have said. And I thought, now there's a guy who probably did not know the word. There's a guy who probably did not have a real anchor in the presence of God. Now, some would say, well, you don't know his story. I do know his fruit. And his fruit is that which is expressive of the fact that he was not in the word. You cannot be in the word daily. You cannot have a prayer life where you're making daily contact with the Lord and then stand up one day and say, I don't know if I believe in the Lord anymore. And if you're not careful, you have to, if you're not careful, you can fall into the trap of thinking that you are not like those who've fallen away. I read a statistic, and just to stay conservative, I'm going to try to keep it a few points under what I had read, that the average churchgoer, after three years, about 60 to 80% of those who attend church, after three years, no longer attends church. So there's like a revolving door in many churches where people will come in, and after three, two, five years, they're no longer in church. And that is the norm for most people. Why is that? It's because they haven't learned to abide in the vine. They haven't learned to ground themselves in Christ. They haven't learned to cling to the Lord in prayer and in devotion to the word. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter six, verses four through six, for it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened. This is a sobering scripture. Those who have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the power of the age to come, and who then turn away from God. It is impossible to bring such people back to repentance by rejecting the son of God they themselves are nailing him to the cross once again and holding him up to public shame. It's possible to fall away. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 says, Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Those who think that they cannot fall are the most spiritually endangered. Those who imagine that they are above temptation, that they are above weaknesses, that they have no blind spots. Those who imagine such things are actually the most likely to fall. Take heed if you think that you stand lest you fall. We have to guard the faith that God has given to us. We have to root ourselves in his presence. We have to root ourselves in his word. Think about Judas. Judas walked with the Lord. Judas was able to drive out demons. Judas was able to heal the sick. Judas was able to work many miracles. In fact, he declared the gospel. He was considered one of the Lord's 12. We know there were the crowds, there were the 72, and then there were the 12. Judas was counted among the 12. Yet even Judas who witnessed firsthand with his own eyes the miracle working power of God, even Judas, who was able to sit with Jesus physically face to face and ask him questions about his parables and teachings and mysteries, even Judas was able to fall away. Now, if Judas was able to fall away and he walked on the earth physically with the Lord, having direct access to him to where he could hear him perfectly clear with no distractions, no interruptions, think about that. Judas was able to fall away. Even Paul the Apostle talks about in the scripture that it's a possibility that he might fall away. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27 says, But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Paul the Apostle? Making sure that he has the proper guards in place. Paul the Apostle? making provisions in the case that he might be close to falling or becoming a castaway. So we saw Judas, we saw Paul the Apostle speaking of these things. We see in the book of Hebrews that some believers will find that place where they come to the point where they're no longer serving the Lord. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3 say this. Now we beseech you therefore, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, That ye be not soon shaken in mind or troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us. In other words, they were concerned that others might pretend to be the apostles writing letters to the church. As that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means for that day shall not come except there becoming a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Church, we're already in this. Just look around. People are falling away. Entire denominations of Christianity are shifting from orthodox, biblical, moral teaching to embracing some of the things that the world preaches as good, when in fact it's not, it's evil. Woe to that generation that calls evil good and good evil. And so... We look at these people who've fallen away. Now, I could talk to you about people who've fallen away because they were caught up in a cultic practice. I could talk to you about people who've fallen away because they were caught up in some Eastern religion. I could talk to you about people who've fallen away because they committed some vile sin or they were taken away by greed and some of the things that we look at as very worldly and secular. But I can tell you this. The number one reason that believers fall away from the faith, aside from the fact that they're not planted in the word and not planted in prayer and not planted in a local church, aside from that fact. So so barring those exceptions, which really are the foundation of why anyone falls away in the first place, but one of the main things that takes the believer out is exhaustion. It's the exhausted Christian that's the most likely to fall away. This is why it's so important, it's so key, that we find our source in him. If we are sourced by Christ himself, if we find our source from the Holy Spirit himself, then what we're doing is gleaning from him power. We're gleaning from him strength. We're gleaning from him all those spiritual nutrients that we need in order to be survived and to be strengthened. And if we're not doing that, if we're not abiding in the vine, then we ourselves can wither. We ourselves can become exhausted. Pastors leave their churches. Ministers leave their ministries. Zealous new believers end up going back to their old lives. And it's not always full spiritual regression. Sometimes it begins as just a little cutback in commitment. Oh, I'm so tired. I think I'm going to pull out of This commitment or that ministry and maybe I won't go as often and maybe instead of reading twice a day the word I'll read just a couple verses in the morning and God understands I can't have a prayer life because I'm so busy and we start to make excuses and if we're not careful we begin to believe our own excuses. We begin to become deceived by our own hearts. Not realizing that the flesh has the tendency to wander away from the things of God, which is why we, through prayer and the word, must keep it on track. Now, the exhausted Christian is exhausted because they're giving from the wrong source. If ministry makes you tired, if prayer makes you tired, if reading the word of God makes you tired, if serving the Lord makes you tired, if loving God makes you tired, then you're likely giving from the wrong source. And the reason you have to give it from the wrong source is because you're not abiding in the vine. If the things of God are wearing you out, if the things of God are tiring you, it's because you're not in prayer and you're not in the word. And because you're not in prayer and you're not in the word, instead of giving of the spirit, you have to give of yourself. I use this illustration often. It's like someone going to the doctor saying, doctor, I'm not feeling well at all. Maybe, maybe that might not be the best illustration to use today, but uh, I think I'm going to use it anyway. Someone going to the doctor saying, doc, I'm not feeling good at all. I, I'm exhausted. I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I'm fatigued. I just don't feel like myself. The doctor's going to run through a list of questions and it's always going to begin with basic questions. The doctor will always start with basic questions. He's not just going to jump to, oh my goodness, I think you're dying. He's going to start with, okay, what are your sleeping habits like? What is your diet like? do you exercise? The doctor will always talk about those things first. Why? Because they have to start with the simple before they go to the complex. And so Christians come in, they say, oh my goodness, I'm so tired. Uh, My heart is getting cold. I'm not hearing the voice of God. I'm not on fire like I used to be. I'm not witnessing the people like I used to be. Church ministry used to be a joy. Now it's a burden. I love working with the children. Now I want to run away from them. And all these things begin to weed out that vine that's supposed to abide in Christ. All the weeds of life start to choke out the joy and the energy and the peace and the love. And you find yourself becoming dry and cynical and full of doubt. And so I would ask you the basic questions. As a doctor would ask anybody, how's your sleep? How's your diet? How's your exercise practices? I'm going to ask you, how's your prayer life? How's your devotion to the word of God? How is your repentance lifestyle going? I think those three things are really what keep the believer going. Prayer, the word, and daily repentance. Walking with God, serving the Lord, and then correcting those mistakes as you go. We need to get back to that simplicity. I've had people come up to me, travel the world, preaching the gospel. And it never fails, there's somebody who comes up to me, Brother David, please lay hands on me. And I'll say, what's the issue? And many times they'll say something like, well, you know, I'm I'm just not obeying God like I should. And I'm thinking, you're not obeying God like you should. How am I supposed to lay hands and make that go away? How am I supposed to just pray over you and cause all your issues to go away? You have to make those daily choices. You have to be the one to decide and say, you know what? I need to get back to that place of abiding in the vine. So you'd be amazed at how many of your issues would either change or become tolerable if you just pray and devote yourself to God's word. We have to get back to abiding in the vine. The simplicity of resting in Christ. Now, you know, I love how the scripture says here, abiding in the vine. This isn't work. This isn't something you have to do on your own. You simply have to rest in him. You simply have to take his yoke upon you. You simply have to serve the Lord and give him your all. And by resting in him and by putting your trust in him, you begin to see those things manifest. You begin to see the goodness of God come back. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So what do you do? You have to get back to spending time with the Lord. And I think if anything, now is the perfect time to begin getting back to this place getting back into that secret place of prayer, getting back in your time with the Lord. None of us have excuses really now. I mean, if if one third of Americans are now in quarantine, I think there should be a prayer revival. I think now more than ever, we should find that secret place again. Take advantage of this opportunity. Many of you have said, Lord, I would love to have the time to seek your face. Well, here you go. Lord, I would love the time to get into your word. Well, there you go. Lord, I would love the time to worship and become more likely. Here you go. It's been given to you. And God, though he did not cause this chaos around us, can certainly use it, can certainly turn it for the good for those that love him. So I love this quote by Leonard Ravenhill, and this is concerning your prayer life. He says, no man is greater than his prayer life. The pastor who is not praying is playing The people who are not praying are straying. We have many organizers, few agonizers. Many players and payers, but few prayers. Many singers, few clingers. Lots of pastors, few wrestlers. Many fears, few tears. Much fashion, little passion. Many interferers, few intercessors. Many writers, but few fighters. Failing here, we fail everywhere. We need to learn to come back to that place. Abiding in the vine. Now, I really want you to get this because I think in this time, especially where you're growing frustrated with the situation, possibly many of us are becoming frustrated. I think what you need to do is just go lock yourself in your room and put on some worship music and forget about what's happening out there. And just find that peace, and you're going to come out. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. You'll go into your prayer room carrying fear, carrying anxiety, carrying burdens, carrying frustrations. You go in your prayer room, lock yourself in. God's going to do some things that you're going to come out of your prayer room, and you're going to forget that all that is even happening around you. You're going to have a joy in your heart, a victory. There's going to be a refreshing that comes on you. But it happens when we abide in the vine. We have to claim that place again. Now there are things that happen when you begin to abide in the vine. Number one you begin to receive spiritual strength and energy. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 says, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. The scripture in King James actually says, they that wait upon the Lord. You know, I don't understand people who claim to be drained by ministry. And I'm not... I hesitate to say this because when I say these things, people always tell me, well, you got to be more relatable. You got to be more relatable to the people. I don't know what else to tell you. I'm just being very honest with you. I can't remember the last time that I was tired from ministry. People say, oh, after you pray for the sick and after you preach, do you come off the platform? Are you just drained? I say no, because I wasn't the one healing the people. And I wasn't really even the one ministering. That was the Holy Spirit working through me. And honestly, when I come off and I'm done preaching, I'm like charged. I'm ready to go. I want to go out to dinner. I want to go take the team out and hang. I want to go do something. Why? Because that's the energy of God, the life of God, the anointing flowing through me. And it's the same anointing that's available for you. Romans chapter 5 verse 5 tells us that the love of God is shut abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We can give more because he pours himself into us. We can minister and love people and help them through their issues because of what God is causing to flow through us. So number one, abiding in the vine gives you more strength and energy. If you're just fatigued, you're tired, you're done, you're like, oh, I don't know how much more I can handle. Lord, I can't make it another day. It's time to break out of it. I think Christians get stuck in this victim mentality. I was listening to Christian radio, uh, which I do every day. There's a Christian radio station that I love. And I like to say that Christian music is oftentimes like vegetables. Vegetables taste terrible, but they're good for you. So in the music that you're listening to, it's not always the best. And most often it's like a parody of what the world has, but it's good for you. It's good for your soul. I'd rather listen to that than, you know, the best guitar player in the world with some demonic lyrics behind that. So I enjoy Christian music and Christian radio. And so I'm sitting there, I'm in my car, I'm driving and I'm listening to the, the song. And I remember listening to the DJs all talk, you know, they kind of give you a little encouragement in between. And every DJ, I kid you not, I listen to one song and the DJ would come on. Hey guys, I know you're just making it through the week. And I just want you to know that God's with you and, and be encouraged because you're going to make it. But okay, great. Nice little encouragement. And then, and then another song came out and then the next person would get on and say, hey guys, we know you're just struggling to get through the day, but God is your strength. He's there for you. I'm like, okay, cool. Maybe the radio station is, thinks that everyone's struggling today. Maybe that's the theme, the day But day after day, I would listen and every DJ after every song and every song even was about, Lord, I'm climbing a mountain, but one day I'll get through it. Or Lord, it's a storm, but you'll help me through it. Or God, you're my anchor in the middle of the chaos. Everyone's always going through hell in these Christian songs. And I'm thinking, where's the victory? And for the most part, I think that Christian culture has kind of taken that shift to where, you know, it's just like, like, even when we come to church, like tonight is a Wednesday night service, kind of this mentality. Oh, welcome everybody. We're so glad you made it. We know you struggled to get here, but oh, thank God you made it. Thank God you went through that horrible week and now you're here. And it's like every Wednesday, really every Wednesday, every Sunday, that's what I'm feeling. No, that's not the Christian life. I don't get to church and go, oh my goodness, I made it just another day. I don't get to Bible study and go, guys, like we just came out of a huge war and we all made it. Everybody hug each other and let's all cry together because we got to go back out tomorrow. No, it's, it's, a, it's a victorious life. I walk in and I say, you know what? God is with me. He's my strength. I have reason to rejoice. Now, I'm not saying you'll never have any troubles. Jesus himself said in this world, you'll have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. In other words, you're going to have trials, but trials don't have to have you. And your whole Christian life doesn't have to be based on the struggle. I think some Christians have this unhealthy perspective of their Christian life, thinking that everything is always going to be a struggle and the Christian life is a struggle. No, the Christian life is the victorious life. Will you have downtime? Will you have days where you're facing the enemy? Will you have seasons where you're going through it? Absolutely. But that's not to make up the entirety of your Christian faith. So none Number one, being in the presence of God, abiding in the vine, brings forth strength and energy. Number two, it brings forth prosperity. Psalm chapter 1, verses 2 through 3 say, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. So this is someone who's in the word. Watch this now. Verse 3. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That's some thick and deep roots right there. That bringeth forth. Now watch this. Most trees just bear fruit in a season or one season out of the four. Look at this. That bringeth forth fruit in each season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth, whatever he does, shall prosper. That's prosperity. Am I saying everyone watching me right now, every Christian is going to be a multimillionaire? I wish, but no. Am I saying that every Christian is going to be driving a Ferrari and live in a three-story home in some rich neighborhood? Of course not. In fact, we have brothers and sisters on the other side of the world who are facing persecution right now. They're not worried about where their next meal is coming from. They're worried about whether or not they're going to survive the day because they might be killed for preaching their faith. But what I'm talking about when I say prosperity, prosperity, biblically speaking, is simply when your needs are met and there's enough left over to take care of somebody else. That's biblical prosperity. And so God will take you to that place, but you have to abide in the vine. There's an illustration I like to use. Um, I don't drink wine, and you shouldn't drink alcohol, period. But let's say we stacked up some wine glasses like a pyramid, right? You have one at the top, then two, then so forth and so on. to Create a pyramid of just wine glasses. Now, let's say I said to you, you can only fill up one cup constantly, But you have to get to all of the glasses. Naturally, you would say, well, I'm going to select the top glass because if I select the top glass, everything else will overflow and everything gets touched. That would be a good call and that would be what you would want to do if you wanted all the glasses to receive the overflow. But here's the problem. Some people in life, instead of filling that top glass, they fill the third glass or the fourth glass or the second glass thinking that they got the top glass. What am I talking about? I'm talking about life. You see, in life... We have all these different glasses stacked up like a pyramid, and we only have so much energy to give, and we can only put so much energy into so many things before we become exhausted. So what is that one thing you could put energy into that will continue to reward you constantly? If you put it into your career, yeah, your bank account may be full, but your marriage might get bankrupt. You can put it into your family, and yeah, you might have a wonderful family, but who's to say what your spiritual state is going to be? I can put it into all sorts of things, schooling and careers and finance and relationships, and even self-help. I can start to expand my mind and put it into an education, and nothing is wrong with any of these things. But none of these are the top glass. The top glass in life, my friend, is your prayer life and devotion to the Word. And if you just focus on putting what you have in that, That will overflow and cause you to prosper in all other areas. I'm going to give you just a couple more. Number three, abiding in the vine causes longevity. This is the same portion of scripture I'll use in Psalm chapter 1, verses 2 through 3. The scripture tells us, His leaf also shall not wither. In other words, if I'm a tree planted by a river, I'm right by the source. I'm strengthened. I'm, I, I, I'm strongly rooted. I cannot be moved. Though a storm may come, I cannot be knocked down. Why? Because I have longevity because I'm planted in the vine. I'm abiding in the vine. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. So number one, strength and energy. Number two, prosperity. Number three, longevity. Number four, power. All power is given unto me. When you are abiding in the vine, the power of God flows out of your life. And you're never, you're never in a panic because you know you walk in the power of God. The next one here, I think this is so important. I'm gonna, actually, let me do the last one first and I'll jump back to this one. Let me go to the, my last point, which is Revelation. Revelation. Psalm chapter 25 verse 14 says the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him and he will show them his covenant. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. In other words, God reveals himself to the one who loves and fears him. It's just that simple. So you want revelation of the word. You want to understand the scripture. You got to be tending to that word. If you're serious about hearing the voice of God, you need to be serious about reading the word. If you're serious about understanding God's voice, then you need to be serious about understanding the Bible. Revelation comes to those who abide in the vine. And my last point here, so it brings strength and energy, prosperity, longevity, power, revelation, and then it brings peace. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. I was talking to a man of God uh, who told me about a plane crash that he was in. And you would think that he would be panicking. He, he literally is playing. When I have plane crash stories of preachers almost being in a plane crash, but this is the story about a man of God who actually was in a plane crash. And he told me that the plane crashed and they started rolling. This was in the news. The plane's just rolling and rolling and rolling. And he said, while they were on the plane, everyone else on the airplane was just panicking, screaming, I mean, calling out for God. And all the witnesses say, and he'll tell you this too, as the plane is rolling, he was praying in tongues and laughing. There was no fear. And he says, to the, he says, I can tell you there was no fear in that moment. He said, when we started to crash, the joy of the Lord hit me. It made me begin to think of the martyrs who, as they were burning at the stake, would begin to sing jubilant songs of praise to God. While well, they're being uh, torn apart by lions. They're, they're preaching the gospel and full of joy. Yeah, they were in pain. But there was this supernatural power that would come upon them. Now, you and I are not in a plane crash. You and I are not being torn apart by lions. We're being asked to stay home for a little bit so that we can help this, this virus wash through our, our nation and just let it be done. I'm telling you, you can have perfect peace. And, you know, I'll make this last point and then I want to pray with you. I'm not saying that the worst is going to happen. I don't want to freak anybody out. I know uh, the conspiracy theories are already doing that for people. But I will say this. Even if the worst should happen, I'm not saying it will, not prophesying to you, don't worry. I want you to really think through this. The worst that could happen, the absolute worst that could happen. Someone told me, I, asked, I was asking people this, what's the worst that can happen to you? One person told me, oh, I could lose my house. I said, oh my goodness, then what? I said, well, then I'd have to live with so-and-so. I said, okay, and then what? That would be it. I could lose everything I've ever worked for. And that's a tragedy. I'm not trying to downplay it. But you still have Christ. You still have your family. You still have your loved ones. You still have your life. I mean, go down the the line for all of these things. All of these things are the same. Ultimately, even if you should lose your life here on this earth, to die here is to gain there. For to me, to live is Christ. To die is gain. If I die, I stand in the presence of God. I'm not saying you will, but I'm saying even if the worst case should happen in your life, you have nothing to fear. And so these traits can belong to you. Again, strength and energy, prosperity, longevity, power, peace, and revelation. These traits mark, these are the hallmarks of the one who abides in the vine the one who loves Jesus, the one who doesn't look to the left or to the right, but who stays focused on the Lord and who stays fixed on him. In this hour, more than ever, it's time to get fixed on Jesus again. Get back to your prayer life. Get back to your devotion to the word. Begin to abide in the vine. I want to pray with you now. Let's ask the Lord to begin to touch your life in a fresh way. Some of you, it's been a long time since you've, you've had that refreshing come upon you. And as the worship team now begins to play, I want to pray with you. And I want to ask the power of the Holy Spirit to begin to flow through my hand, through that camera lens right there, right into your home. If, there, if you're with people right now and you're watching with family, begin to lay hands on your family members. Begin to lay hands on your friends. You're all together anyway. You live together. So if one of you has it, all of you have it. But begin to lay hands and pray for people right now in your home. And let's believe God to touch your lives. Let's believe God to touch your family even now, God's going to begin to mend some things in your family. Did you hear me? God's going to begin to mend some things in your family. God's going to begin to repair some things that you are now being forced to face and work on. Before, you could go out here, and you could go out there, and you could escape from that family division, but now you're being forced to face it head on. Now you're being forced to stay home, and you have to face those issues, and God is going to begin to mend families right now. God is going to begin to deal with your insecurities and your fears, because some of you don't like that you're alone in some season but now you have to face those issues that are in yourself and this is really the work of God beginning and touching you right now I want to pray Father in the name of Jesus I lift those to you right now who are looking to find their roots again in you and I pray precious Jesus that you would cause us to abide in the vine cause our roots to go deep Lord cause us to find our peace and our rest and our joy in you that we might be strengthened in the spirit in the name of Jesus. And I want you to say it right in your home. Say, Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount, Or visit our website at PraiseChapelParamount.com